Blog Talk Radio. y'all welcome to last chat i'm miss leisha you know i got my right hand and sometimes my left the fabulous miss t is in the building hey t hey leisha girl how you doing i'm still riding high from our win with the literary award yes yes we won (laughs) we appreciate you guys everyone that voted for us everybody that voted more than once for us uh, for this for this award as well as the last award that we received for um, best blog radio show, mm-hmm. so we really appreciate you guys. Shout out to Keisha Green and the Literary Jewels. We appreciate you guys. We're excited. It's and a lot of people are like okay, well it's it's not big, but it is big to us. It we appreciate everybody is. that nominated us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And so. <laughs> We have a great, great show uh, today. Okay, so this week we only this is our last two shows of the week. So today and tomorrow. Last week, you know, Blog Talk had their issue. Thank God for Blog Talk's issue. Um, so <laughs> all the shows are this week. So this week is our last week until the mid-January season, mm-hmm. and we are talking about wholeness. And we have some fabulous guests on today. This is our Mind, Body, and Soul segment. We have a doctor on the show. We have some authors. We have a male point of view. We got the female point of view. Mary B. Morrison, she's about to, she's about to really, really, really put some stuff in our ear uh, as women. So I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. But I think wholeness is something that we all suffer from. And so mm-hmm. if you are tuning in, if you are streaming in, if you're on iTunes, what's up? Welcome to the chat room. 
and it's about to be on. Just be ready because there's no telling what you're going to hear, but I think that somebody is going to get something that they need. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, speaking on that male point of view, you know, we have Omar Tyree, and whenever he comes into the chat room, he gets us mm-hmm. tomorrow. We got Jan, we got J, we got J and Benjamin tonight. Okay, All so right. you know so it's going down. Key. Oh yeah, but even when J, so you know it's going down. He come in and he just messes things up and gets us all excited and riled up and gets us to thinking about things in a different perspective. So I am going to enjoy hearing what he has to say as far as how men portray and feel that wholeness represents them. Absolutely. And we want to welcome everybody to the chat. We always get excited and wrapped up in our shows. Welcome, everybody. Welcome. We're going to open our show, and then we're going to kick it off with our first guest. We want to shout out our sponsors. Thank you, guys. Because we have been getting a lot of support on our Instagram page, which we just started. Yes, I just started the Instagram page because I do so much. And now I'm like, I didn't want to, but I did Instagram. Uh, So (laughs) shout out to Boogie Dash because he has new music coming. So make sure you guys keep your eyes peeled for that. But we definitely, definitely want to shout out our supporters um, that want to sponsor our show. Because our show is a free a free platform. It's no fee uh, for anybody that wants to be a guest. So if you would like to be a guest on the chat room, in Let's Chat, all you got to do is just send your request to the chat radio show at gmail.com. Once and again, that is the if you chat have radio music, show at gmail.com. Absolutely. And so we want to shout out and say happy relief to uh, Nicole Goosby. I think I pronounced her last name wrong, but she is part of Lockdown Publication Family. Uh, But the publisher Mm -hmm. over there is Cash, and she has uh, Adult Man's Man's Riches. Uh, So Mm -hmm. make sure you check her out. She is our sponsor. Shout out to Teresa Hall. What y'all, Howell, what y'all know about that church life? She has part two, and she is already pinning part three. Mm. All right. Now we have one more. Okay. Why did I keep forgetting his name? Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> Arthur Godfrey, I believe it is. Make sure you guys yes. check him out. <laughs> Godfrey Nicholson. Oh, I'm so sorry, Godfrey. And we appreciate you. Yes, 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 yes. I was like, wait a minute. It just really, like, left my mind just that quick. <laughs> so we want you guys to make sure that you guys check them out. Um, we thank you for supporting us. You know, we always have that what's hot in the literary world. We want you guys to know what's a hot read. Um, we have definitely have some books coming out before the end of the year. So we want you guys to stay ready. Make sure you're, if you're not friends with us on Facebook, Make sure you friend us on Facebook. We're always sharing hot reads, um, releases from other authors. Um, We are really big on support. We don't just promote Mm -hmm. um, our authors. We promote everybody. I believe that, Mm -hmm. you know, interaction and word of mouth is the first, first line of defense when you are trying to 
get your name out there and get word of mouth started. And Mm -hmm. readers, readers create that word of mouth. And so shout out to all the readers. Absolutely. Absolutely. And like Risha said at the top of that show, we always get wrapped up into uh, what we're doing here in the chat room. But for all of those that are tuning in for the first time, welcome. We so appreciate you spending some time with us here on this Thursday night during the holidays. But just to give you a little idea of what we do here, Alicia and I on Let's Chat, we love celebrating literature, not just literature. Uh, like we said, we have a slew of awesome music. We have so many people that send us in music, even the samples that are, haven't even been released yet. So we celebrate that as well as the arts, anything dealing with the arts. And in our community, we love celebrating it. But we celebrate it in a royal way, no matter what it may be. And we also allow our listeners to hear the passion and our guests that come through the chat room and know and find out why they do what they do. And maybe it touches you and you may have a, a, a sliver of an idea that you may want to do something that some of our guests have pursued. And you may not know exactly which avenue to go down in order to, to get that dream. So we try to bring you guys great guests, which we have lined up for you this evening, and get just the passion. We are so passionate about what it is that we do here in the chat room, and we hope that you guys enjoyed tonight's show. We always do because, like Lisa said, we never know what we may gather from show to show. So sit back, tune in, get that red cup because we don't judge, and enjoy our show tonight. No, we so thank you so much for tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. we got to take a brief break, and then we'll be back with J.M. Benjamin. Okay. Got dreams on a sunny day. Six rings like MJ. Don't miss you with me. 
thin line between love and hate. It ain't it, this is God word, boo. All you need is faith. All you gotta say is, Coach, put me in the game. I can see it in your eyes. You still a little surprised. Futuristic balling like we doing this here before our time. Got hook on them like my name's Jabbar. Know you winning when you wear the star. Yeah. yeah. She said she never ever been with a star. Huh? Mm-hmm. The thing is that it's fear. 
the fear that that person is going to fail you. And the, see, the thing is, when you look for trust and even when you look for loyalty from another imperfect person, you're asking for, for perfection, which is something that they cannot give. So, therefore, you are not only setting that person up a failure, but you are setting your relationship with that person up a failure. And what you don't trust is your judgment. You're not trusting yourself. You're not trusting your judgment. And you are questioning your relationship with this particular person. And so, mm-hmm. really, that's where you take pause. And a lot of times we don't. We get into these relationships and we're missing things because we function off of chemistry. And you can have chemistry mm-hmm. with 55 different people, it's easy. But. Yeah we forget to make sure that we're whole before we step into these relationships. And that's men and women alike. Um, mm-hmm. What do you think about that, C? I think, I think, and it doesn't just relate to relationships. I think it relates to to life. And also I think it depends on where you are in life. Like the millennials, you have the baby, um, you have the, um, you know, they have all these names for the different areas areas that you were born in because we were just talking about this today. Some people feel that a two-year relationship can be a lifetime, whereas some people stay in it a lifetime. You see what I'm saying? It all depends Mm -hmm. on where you are in life. So I'm going to be interested to hear what our guests say, and especially coming from a man's point of view because you have just showed how you're about it coming from your view. So I'm going to be interested and see, you know, a male perspective on it. Absolutely, absolutely. We're going to bring in J.M. Benjamin. Okay. Hey, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. How are you, ladies? I'm good. Welcome to the chat room, J.M. It's been a minute since we talked to you, buddy. Yeah, definitely. It's Tony. What's going on, ladies? What's happening? (laughs) We We always are excited. Yes, we're always excited when you come into the chat room. But before we get on our subject, you you are one of those that make bold moves in the dark. You, you're off of that stage relevant. You go from one side of the publishing um, industry to the other side of the published indus- publishing industry as far as being signed, being self-published, and you still stay relevant. And so you always are making those bold moves in the dark. So I want you to let us know what you got cooking in your creative kitchen because I know you got a book that just dropped. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, the official release of my 17th novel, The Grinders. I'm actually here in Columbus, Ohio now because I, I did a double release, not only with my latest novel, but also, like you said, I you know, um, went back over on the other side of the fence. And um, I I have a new quality publishing, which is my independent publishing company. And I just released a brother, Arthur J. Ma, from Columbus, Ohio. So I'm out here now, and tomorrow we have a double book release party. I'm out here in Columbus, and then on Saturday, a community event with um, a a popular barbershop that's been deep-rooted here in Columbus for over three decades. So we'll be doing a community event after we party, you know, all night tomorrow. But, you know, just literary-wise, that's that's where I'm at with them, just reigniting my publishing company. So I have a few 
aspiring writers, new writers, and seasoned um, writers. So you know, just just trying to bring back that whole you know that whole element that Bob when I first got into the industry like almost twelve years ago. Oh, wow, absolutely. Years. Now you mentioned something, and I want to ask you. You're doing not only are you doing a book event, but you're making sure that you do a community event in another state that you're not from. Why is it so important to involve the community in your paper, in your grinds, um, as you move your feet through this industry? Well, uh, when I first when I first got into this industry, um, I didn't know what type of author I was going to be or what type of author was. Um, I believe that's very important to any aspiring writer turned author. Uh, must know what type of author you want to be. Do you want to be part time, full time? Do you want to be one that's you know looked upon as a role model, community leader? So um, you know by default, by force, um, eventually by choice, you know I became a community activist and a community leader in my city because I you know I had contributed to so much of the destruction in my community that, you know, when I came home, new direction, new product, new lifestyle, I needed to, um, you know, double back and make, you know, make some amends and get back from a, you know, city and a community that I took so much from. I've done it so much year in, year out in my, in my own city, uh, even currently, and I don't live in my city anymore, but, you know, it wind up transcending from my city to other cities and states and, that's been my journey. Unfortunately, I'm mostly known for my urban fiction, novels, and the industry, but um, there is a whole nother supportive world of people who um, know me, who, who know me for my community service versus the books. They know that the literary mm-hmm. is the door open, but um, they consider motivational speaking and mentoring and, you know, community advocation and, you know, so on and so forth as the primary and that literary is secondary. So, um, you know, when I met absolutely. the brother, Arthur J. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm you saying, saying absolutely. So? Continue. I was agreeing. Okay, I, yeah, to bring the, the, the question to an end, though, um, how I got to Columbus, Ohio, this brother, Arthur J. Mon, he's from here. I met the brother in Indianapolis, Indiana, where I currently reside, book signing. The brother just reminded me of what I fell in love with, you know, um, with this genre. You know, he was out there, you know, he was interacting with people. He had a book display, you know, things of that nature. And um, I'm like, man, like, this was for me. Ironically, he was from, you know, the city where the sister who reignited this genre was from, you know, with the Triple Crown publication. And I remember being a, a rookie author and being at signings and, uh, you know, readers coming up and not need, even knowing authors' names. They just wanted to know if you had the new Triple Crown book. And that was my competition. And, uh, you know, I prevailed, and I'm still here today behind that. So, you know, um, this brother, again, he's from a city that I respect in regards to what it's done uh, what someone from his city has done for this genre, what doors have been opened. You know, I was incarcerated reading those books, and, you know, they just motivated me and encouraged me to, you know, shoot my shot at the end of the day. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's thinking outside of the book. You know, that's why we do what we do. See, and I love what we do. 
not only do we love to bring readers in touch with their favorite author, because a lot of times you don't get that intimate moment with your author. It's kind of like going through a, a drive-through, or kind of like sometimes book events can be like a one-night stand. Hey, how you doing? Shake your hand. Here's your money. Here's your book. Let me sign it. All right, next. So. <laughs> We love to bring that intimacy, but for real, we love to bring that intimacy where readers can actually experience and, and kind of fill their authors out, but we like to educate as well. Well, there's a lot of new authors out here that need to, and they're, they're wanting just some jewels to be dropped on them and things to be poured in them because they need to know how to move around. And so we love bringing authors on like you that teach them you have to think outside of the book. Not only do you do your books, you do more than one genre. Not only do you do more than one genre, but you do community services. You do public speaking. You do so many things that are outside of your book. And it's very important. So we appreciate you for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. <laughs> Absolutely. JM, this is Tony. And once again, thank you so much for joining Leisha and I. And Leisha just read off all of that. You're a busy man, so we appreciate the time that you've been with us. Now, I want to go back with something that you said. you When you first got into the industry, you didn't know what type of author you would be. And it's very interesting that you phrased it that way. I don't know if I've quite heard it put that way. But do you require, like Arthur J. Mon, to also know what type of author he wants to be before you sign him? Part of the assignment, when I sign, mm-hmm. before, during the times of discussing signing you, and when I do assign mm-hmm. you, it's, you know, it's, it's funny, ironic that you asked me that, because um, every author that I have signed, I've given them the history of previous authors that I have signed, what my mm-hmm. relationships with, with them, um, where where I dropped the ball, where I went wrong, and things of that nature, where I felt my company, where I felt them, you know, if there was some failure, and and in my you know in my case, I believe that there was some failure because if there wasn't, then everybody would still be rocking and rolling. And um, with me, we'd all be eating, we'd all be you know um, at a certain level of status, and that's not the case because of. Um, a lot of times people's personal lives affect their professional careers. And um, that's mm-hmm. funny, the subject, mind, body, and soul tonight's um, subject, and I didn't know it was in regards to, you know, late relationships and, you know, energies and connecting and things of that nature, but that's mm-hmm. my lane. Yeah. And um, I, was, I was sharing with my authors as far as, like, um, my my um, relationship status. Like years ago, I came to terms with um, one, my career affected my relationship, and two, I'm cool with putting my career in front of a relationship. So that's just me mm-hmm. personally, where I'm mm-hmm. at. I know the type of women that I connect with. I know the type of women that I like. Um, the type of women that I don't. What women pique my interest. Uh, what don't. You know, so on and so forth based on mm-hmm. a previous relationship as an author. So bringing it full mm-hmm. circle, I have to learn what type of author I want to be. That I want to be the author that, you know, um, like I lived the rock boy life um, as an author. I wanted to do that. That's who I was mm-hmm. in the streets. So I wanted to, I needed something to transition for me. Coming home from prison um, before mm-hmm. going to prison, experiencing, you know, um, a certain type of lifestyle, a certain type of wealth, and then to come home 
and see all of this opportunity in literary, I had to figure out how am I still going to live the type of life that I like to live after coming home, you know, after all of these years and pushing this product. And mm-hmm. I figured that out, you know. Um, that's why I went so hard with book time. It was like work hard, play hard. I had a lifestyle and a taste, you know, an addiction that I had to, you know, um, you know, fill the cravings. So right. literally, mm-hmm. yeah, um, with me in, in regards to what you say, work ethics and etiquette have to line up. Um, it doesn't matter. You can come from, you know, you you can come from the lowest, the poorest of academics, uh, but at the end of the day, if you have drive, passion, commitment, and, and willpower, and you really want the best for you, like the brother Arthur J. Munn, that's what, you know, um, intrigues me so much. Um, the brother mm-hmm. the Gemini, we get in the Zodiac, but you guys know Zodiac, and you know about mm-hmm. Gemini. So to work with a brother like that, and he finds the humility to um, take directions and instructions on good faith and believe in me that I can get him there, that motivates mm-hmm. me and inspires me to get him there and anybody else who believes in me. So, you know, uh, I don't know if I really answered your question, but that's just what mm-hmm. I said I wanted to give you based on the question you had asked me. Mm-hmm. No, you answered it and then some. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, our topic, when we talk about uh, wholeness, you know, relationships just don't have to be relationships between men and women. It's relationships all all, all the way around. You know, because in okay. general, um, there are there's some sort of chemistry, you know, even if it's a working relationship. And then from that chemistry, there's some sort of connection. But the thing with the wholeness, like I like what you said when you said you came home, you had to figure out who you are, and where you want it to go. And when you talk to your authors, as a publisher, you do the same thing. You want to know who they are and where they want to go. And that's part of being whole. You know what I'm saying? Especially as an author, making sure that you know who you are, where you want to be, you know, what what you want to bring to the industry. You have to have an idea and find your purpose and your passion so that you can move around in your lane smooth. Absolutely, absolutely. That's fine. I'm just going to take you back off. Okay, no, sorry. Uh-huh. Go ahead. No, I'm not Go ahead. I was just going to say, um, um, again, like when I teach, like, workshops, like um, self-publishing workshops and just, you know, seminars and things of that nature, and, again, with my own authors, um, I always, you know, ask them, like, you know, what, like you were saying, like, what are you looking for uh, in the industry? Are you trying to be? Signed to a major? Are you trying to branch start your own company? Are you in it just for the money? Are you in it just for the mm-hmm. fame? Are you in, in it just for the you know for the women? Are you in it for, just for the men? Like, what is it you're in it for? Like, is this something to pick up a couple of dollars? So all of those things really determine if I sign you or not. Because I'm in it for the long haul. I'm a full time author, a full time publisher, and and I'm not saying that a person couldn't be part time, like have a nine to five and still be an author, uh-huh. but in my camp, in my company, uh, if you can't commit to book tours, book signings, book events, community work, then the chances are I won't because um, I'm building a team. And I had mm-hmm. I had Absolutely. before where I allowed my personal feelings and opinion to um, affect my judgment, like, you know, I'm going above and beyond as a publisher. When it's not personal, it's business. So in this go around, 
uh, I'm making it personal that it's business, and this is the way that I want the business to be ran. So it's really, you know, um, really a job interview for me. So it's very important that authors know um, who they want to be when they mm-hmm. go from a sponsor to authors. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I want to go back because you did touch on relationships. Now, as a man, <laughs> when you got out of prison, you know, most of the time you're not whole at that point. You know what I'm saying? You, for however long you were there, you're just not whole. So what steps did you take to kind of bring yourself full circle before you decided to be in relationships? Because there are a lot of men that are not whole, and they don't know how to be whole, but they're in relationships with women, and it's like you depend on that person as a crutch to give you something that they can't give you. It's something that has to come from you. So from a man's point of view, let's talk about that. That was a dope question. That was. That was a dope question. <laughs> um, no, because I, I I play the devil advocate, um, the devil's advocate when it comes to incarcerated relationships. So you're absolutely right. Um, when men are incarcerated, uh, one, everything magnifies. So, I mean, from their emotions, everything. You know, men are very vulnerable when they're incarcerated. Not in the sense of vulnerable, like sensitive, but everything is just um, higher, you know, higher and more keen and more, you know, sensitive in a sense. I say that to say that uh, I knew the things that would be my trigger trippers when I came home. Like, my addiction was criminality. I didn't have a, my drug of choice was criminality. I wasn't a drug user. I wasn't I was addicted to money and the lifestyle. So I knew the things that would cause me to double back and go back to the streets. So it was drugs, guns, partying, women. So all of those things, I'm Muslim. So fasting um, to get a clear perspective, a clearer mind, um, a more pure, a pure um, aspect of things, you fast. Um, fast not just for food, but fast with everything, eyes, mouth, hands, body, so on and so forth. I'm fast-tracking the story. When I came home, I served over 12 years in prison. When I came home, I fasted from women for 30 days to see because mm-hmm. I figured, like, if I could, after doing over a dozen years, I come home, and they come in from every angle, not just not just because I'm an author, but because of who I was before I left the street. So here I have, like, you know, different walks of life with women coming because I represent a type of man that, you know, women – particularly go for a man astrounds from the streets. So imagine a street dude that's not in the streets anymore. Imagine a you know, a protector, a provider, a thorough dude that's not going back to prison. So that's what I represented. Mm-hmm. So um but in the meantime, I was a whole father. I had been going all this time and I had three children that deserved, you know, for me to be there. I had a mom who had been flying all over to see me in prison. So these are the things that contributed to me, decide, like, hey, bro, you got to do this. Like, if you come home and the first woman you sleep with, you give her a party, and you're absolutely right. So, me that have come home, slept with a woman, I would have been giving her all of me, and it, was, it mm-hmm. wouldn't have been deserved. Now, you said something in regards to uh, you become dependent on the woman. Now, I just want to clarify that. I understand that statement. Sometimes it's monetary. In my case, it wouldn't have been dependent on a woman, like financially or things of that nature. It would have been dependent of her energy. 
at her vibrations because exactly. that's how I live her, my life. I'm emotionally dependent. Exactly. Emotionally dependent. Yeah. That person becomes a, a crutch because can't nobody make they, you happy. They, yeah. I mean, I know this yeah, is a love song, and the love songs make you think they can, but if you are if you are in a situation where you have all the things that you want and you still are missing things, it's not things that you're missing, it's yourself you're missing. You see what I'm saying? I think we, we, we use people as crutches for things that we don't know how to bring into our own lives, ourselves. Well, I believe, I believe that um, women, women should allow brothers the opportunity to come home and get themselves like solid, like plant their feet, get their feet planted, because brothers are emotionally, um, emotionally unbalanced and unstable. Everything mm-hmm. is just all over the place. It's very overwhelming. But when you're incarcerated, mm-hmm. you learn how to keep your cards close to your chest. You put your poker face on, and you come out like everything Gucci. But you don't know the emotional scars and the detriment that prison does to brothers. Like, so, you know, to come home, like, that's the number one thing that dudes say. Like, when you have to do, like, yo, it's the first thing. Man, I'm going to get with my baby mom. I'm going to get with my shorty. I'm going to get with this chick. I'll be writing the check. Yeah, not go get your birth certificate, your social security card. Not go get some job application. Get with a shorty and share you. All of this um, preserving, all of this good mm-hmm. preserving energy and fluids and juices, the first thing you want to do is waste it. Waste it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that being said, it weakens you. It weakens you. Every time you give yourself to a person, part of you to a person, there's multiple people, it weakens your energy. You weaken. You weaken your value. Mm-hmm. You weaken your personality. You weaken your characteristics because you're all over the place. And if you're not all over the place, if you have that one person that continues to just take, 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 you're giving, giving, and giving all of your energy and all that, you're going to be drained. So one way or another, when you drink, when you find yourself drink and you're breaking down, you become, again, all emotionally unbalanced and it's like a train wreck. So um, I knew mm-hmm. that I had to, I knew I had to reposition and retransition back into society and, and learn how to live, like how to be, like just me. Like I get to wake up on my own now. Um, like I get to turn the lights out, get to go in the refrigerator. I get to pull up on anybody I want, any female. I get to do it. I got access to drugs. I got access to God. I got access to everything out here in this world. What am I going to take advantage of? So my whole mm-hmm. thing is, I was, mm-hmm. so so you got to see me uh, moving and shaking, um, literally. I've been doing this since I've come home in 2006, Fourth of July weekend. With that being said, the way that I have been moving, I'm not a social media guy to where do I broadcast my relationships status on social media, but I can tell you that the way that I move contributed to destroying a long-term relationship that I had been in previously um, because of everything that came with it. But, again, I was fine with that because, again, I knew what type of author I wanted to be when mm-hmm. I came home. I learned that quickly. Just by coming home and seeing all of my colleagues, I can tell you that. My first book tour, when I saw everybody at Harlem Book Fair. National Book Club Conference, wherever I saw them, I watched and studied every author that was my peers, 
or my competition or what have you. And I knew what I wasn't going to do if I saw them doing it or what I would do that they were doing it, but do it my way, so on and so forth. And I, and I realized, like, nah, nope, nah, I don't want to be that author. Definitely don't want to go through what that author is going through. Nope, never going to mm-hmm. dress like that author at a book signing. Nope, never going to smell like that. So, you know, again, um, <laughs> learn, learn, you know, learn yourself, and um, you know, you know, and then and then and then try to get on the course and lead a course with you know bringing somebody else on the path mm-hmm. with you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's interesting. This is Tony okay. J.M. Okay. Yes, I was going to say, I first met, I just, this is Tony J.M. I first met you at the Harlem Book Fair a couple of years ago, and um, I was yes. just walking it, you know, doing what I do, running my mouth, and I said, J.M., I, did you have a table? And you said, no, I'm just walking around. So what you just shared with us kind of explains to me why you were walking around, the, the energy you was trying to, to, to gather and to what you want to do and what you don't want to do. So it's very interesting that you took that time to see how everybody moves because everybody moves differently, and you got to find your lane on how you want to move. So um, we thank you for sharing that with us. And also what you were sharing before was very powerful, and it also goes back to your mindset. You had a mindset when you came from behind the walls of what you wanted to do, and in order to get there, you had to strengthen that set of mind that you had and not partaken into the um, temptations that were out here. And temptations, they are. So you have to have a strong mind, and you have to have a strong drive, and you have to be focused in what it is that you want to do. You have to have an end goal. You have to have – you want to see what you want to see. And that's very powerful, and um, I commend you for coming out and standing strong in in your predictions and wanting to do that. Thank you. Absolutely. And I want to go back to what you said because you said something very important about a sense of purpose and allowing a man, not even just a man out of jail, any man, to have a sense of purpose. Because this is the thing. You can get into a relationship and you can have chemistry and you can have a connection, but your connection could be based on that brokenness, your brokenness and their brokenness. But the thing is when two broken people come together, when one or both of them heal, that relationship is going to fall apart because they didn't take the time to, one, be whole, and two, have a sense of purpose to know where they want to go, what they want to be, how they want to do and be able to stand on their own two feet. I think uh, for a woman, dependent, mm-hmm. independence is is very important, especially I'll just speak for me. To me, my independence is so very important. And as a woman, you can get wrapped up in someone else's world so fast and you lose yourself in the process. And so mm-hmm. it's, I think it's important to know, have a sense of purpose. Where do you want to go? Why do you want to do this? And, and, and be able to know what you want to do, why you want to do it, and where you want to be before you bring somebody else into your world. Because once you start moving around and doing things like you were saying in relationships, people aren't going to understand that because they want your time, they want your energy. And unless they are into what you're into, unless they're in the literary world, unless they're writers, unless they're moving around like that, they're not going to understand. And so it makes that a strain on a relationship. So I'm glad that you you mentioned making sure that you made sure you had a a sense of purpose for yourself. 
But no, that's that's crazy. You you could actually be like a relationship counselor. Um, I was <laughs> No, if if you if you to let me jump in like a couple uh, minutes ago, I was ready to like disclose something I never disclosed about uh, my past relationship. Then that quick, I changed my mind. Don't make it happen. <laughs> uh, uh-huh. Don't change your mind. No, don't jump out now. Go ahead on. Be honest. Just no, say no, what no. it is because it's a past relationship, but it's you living in your truth. No. So we're okay with no, that. It's, it's, no, it's nothing like that. It's just um, who, who I am. It's nothing um, bad. It's just it is what it is. Like what you said, um, you could have actually been pulling a page out of. Um, this is, what you said is like one of the reasons why I don't date because I get tired of explaining that. And at the end, the woman says, "Oh, it sounds like you still love her. Like maybe, look, why are you rooting for her? Like you just blew it for you. Like I didn't tell you that because I still love her." I just told you that because that's what happened. This is what I realized on Twitter. But um, by saying that, I'll, I'll say a piece of it. So, one, uh, where I went wrong at was as an alpha male, uh, unrealistic belief of mine that I could save the world, that world being mm-hmm. her world. Um, where I went wrong at was I should I should have allowed her opportunity to heal by herself and not come in and try to heal her. Um, I'll, I'll give you one statement that was made, and it, it resonated in my mind, like years later after the relationship, relationship was over. But she used to mm-hmm. say to me, uh, if you really knew me, you wouldn't like me. That's what she used to say to me. But mm-hmm. she was absolutely right because I met her when she was broken. But when she healed, she wasn't mm-hmm. the same woman that I had met when she was broken. So, uh, and I'll leave it there. But that played a significant part, the emotional baggage and luggage from a previous um, situation, not a relationship, but a marriage, a union. I've never been married. So to deal with someone who's been a wife before and then go to being a girlfriend and then, you know, um, well, again, just stopping right there, but just, you know, just toxic, you know, toxic, relationships um, are very detrimental to one's um, um, energy and vibrations, like when it's all said and done. No matter how strong of a person you believe you are and you are, um, when you mix a negative positive, it's definitely going to offset something. It's mm-hmm. the laws of gravity. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I would have went in. Yeah, if I would have jumped in, because I was listening to you like, dang, right, well, I'm going to go ahead and give her some real life facts. Okay. But I just gave you information. I gave you something. I gave you more than I've ever given my entire literary career about my personal mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. Like, I've never given well, that up. Mm-hmm. Well, we appreciate you, you J.M. Huh? We always appreciate you sharing you, your time. And your, your your relationship, just your life with us, and um, we so appreciate that. And I'm sure our listeners appreciate it as well. But we love ending our interviews on a high note. You know, I'm sorry we didn't get to talk about the the grinders. We're going to have to have you back in in the new year so we can talk about that book because Lisa and I are book bougie here on Let's Chat, and that cover speaks volumes. So we're going to have to get you back in here as well as your author, 
came on, Whoa. so we can talk about those books. But your fun question tonight, because you are so fit, you are into the health, and, and it shows in your persona. So I'm going to attempt to do a fun question with that leash. <laughs> so, Jay, and you are a healthy snack. What are you, and why are you so nutritious to the body? <laughs> If you got pearls, go ahead on clutch your pearls now, because ain't no telling what C gonna ask you. <laughs> so let me ask that to you again, J.M. Okay. You are healthy. You are a healthy snack, my buddy. What are you, and why are you so nutritious to the body? Mm. <laughs> Look at him chuckling over there, Leash. <laughs> Come on, come on, come on. Yeah, I believe I would have to be like a multivitamin because, like, when you take me, like, it's all of those areas, like the ones that you neglect or somebody else neglect, I hit all Uh of those spots, those areas right there. Build them up. Get them open right. Get the juices flowing. Mm -hmm. I get I get the engine running. You know what I mean? I get (laughs) I get you excited. You know what I mean? And at the end of the day, it's a happy ending. So all right now. All right, all right, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Not just a vitamin, but a multivitamin. You're the first one a multivitamin, y'all. <laughs> right. Well, we appreciate you, JM, for coming to kick it with us in the chat room. We want you to shout out your newest release where everybody can get it from. Uh, you have some events coming up. Shout out your events so that all of our listeners, if they're in the area, they can come and support. Definitely. Um, tomorrow night, Columbus, Ohio, at Culture in the Continent Area, 6170 Bush Boulevard, the Grinders, and Jamar Pimp's Protege. January 12th, we're sourcing up, backing up. We're in Fort Wayne, Fort Wayne, Indiana, January 5th. January 12th, Source of Knowledge, downtown North, New Jersey. Um, January 19th, Karima Urban Books in Philadelphia. January 26th, I believe, Hood Books Headquarters. April 15th, NBA Books and Boutique in Atlanta, right back in May in Atlanta. And um, for tentative dates, just check me out on all social media, J.M. Benjamin. I love you all who's online, everybody who pre-ordered. Leash, Miss Tony, thank you, ladies. Definitely brought some good energy out on this on this interview, and I I thank you for having me. No, we appreciate and you for taking so time out to come and kick it. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for checking in the chat room. We appreciate you, and you have a great night. You ladies too. Okay, thanks, Sam. Night. Good night. That was absolutely. <laughs> You know what? I have met so many dope people in this industry, and he is one of them. I love him. He is one of the hardest working brothers in the literary world. I will say that. And I love his paperback grime. And he's just real, real people, and it's just an awesome thing. Now we have our next Mm -hmm. guest. She is here in the chat room. I'm going to give her some um, some music because, you know, we love us some honeybee. She Mm -hmm. she can take you from... One one realm into another realm, bring you in the bedroom, take you out the bedroom, and then taught you something. She done taught class. She done gave a whole life 
lesson on what you need to do. And she about to school us today. So we're going to take a brief break, and then we're going to bring in the fabulous honeybee. All right. Now tuned in to the mother uh, greatest. Yes, yes. Welcome to Let's Chat, everybody. I am Miss Leisha. You know, I got my right hand and sometimes my left. The fabulous Miss Tony. We are talking that talk tonight about wholeness on our body and soul segment today. We just had the fabulous author J.M. Benjamin. If you missed his interview, no worries. You can go ahead on and check our archives out here on blogtalk.com. You can also talk about Catch them on iTunes. Now we have the fabulous Mary Honeybee Morrison to come and school us ladies. I'm telling y'all, get y'all papers and pencils out because she about to go deep and she about to take it in. Hey, Honeybee, how are you? <laughs> I am doing well, thank you. How are you guys doing? We are good, sweetie. Thank you so much for joining us this evening. Well, it's my pleasure, my pleasure. So much happening nowadays, man, I tell you. Yes, mm-hmm. but I'm Absolutely. glad to be here. Now you got to tell us, you got to tell us what you got going on in your creative kitchen, what you cooking, because you make bold moves in the dark as well. So tell us what you got going on in your creative kitchen, your new release. My creative kitchen. The latest one is Never Let a Man Come First. And that is very, very essential. So we are talking books, correct? <laughs> we 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 talking we're, we're talking we talking books first because we want the readers to know what you got going on. But we talking Absolutely. we talking life and relationships and we going in. Baby yeah, doll, yeah. So never let a never let a man come first. And the grown-up version of that is dicks are dumb because dicks are dumb. Those things don't have no no sense whatsoever, none. Um, in my Kensington book, Head Games will be the next book to come out next year. So 
the one I've waited for came out in August of this year. So I'm just cranking them out and staying busy, but that's what I'm doing. So it's um, the one I've waited for, Never Let a Man Come First, and Dicks Are Dumb. So that's my three. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, you always are grinding out. I'll call you the queen of uh, promotion and branding because you definitely are always, always branding. Now, our topic tonight is wholeness. And you were at the AANBC um, event that Tamika put on, and you talked about a lot of different things, um, about women and some of the things that uh, we, we don't do. Uh, but because sometimes it comes from how we're our chemistry, how we're set up. Talk a little bit about um, wholeness and and what you feel is lacking in women that, in in today's society, and why you feel it's that way. Well, wholeness is actually um, it starts off. Women start off very early in life as babies, as kids, as children. Um, that wholeness begins to fall apart very early in life for women. And what I mean by that, I talk about in my Dick for Dumb and Never Let a Man Come First book, I talk about in both of those books, I talk about the baby doll love because a lot of women have baby doll love. Not necessarily your fault that you have that, but the second, mm-hmm. and I know the Christmas holidays are coming up and I'm an advocate for leaving every doll on the shelf. We have got to send this message early um, two people, but the second you put a baby doll in a little girl's arms, you are teaching her to love something outside of herself. She can't even spell her mm-hmm. name, but she loves her baby doll. And then now the baby doll, as she continues to go from two to three to four to five, the baby doll has a, a doctor's uniform on. Oh, well, you know, we're going to change it up a little bit so she can aspire to be a doctor. No, that's aspiring to be a caretaker because a doll with a uniform on does not teach any little girl, anything. So I'm going to stop and ask you, both of you, the question, what is it that you perceive that a baby doll teaches a young woman? Outside of the fact that I just said it just teaches you to love something outside of yourself, what's the purpose of the baby doll? Mm. That's deep. (laughs) Right. I'll, I'll say that we are taught to sit still early, and the the baby dolls, I believe, are part of that. They teach us how to sit still. We sit there. We comb our dolls here. We're we're taught how to nurture through baby dolls. If that makes sense. Well, it makes sense, but it makes no sense whatsoever because then you have these little boys who are total opposite, who are not being taught to nurture, to nurture or to care or anything like that. Girls don't need a doll to them how to nurture. God gave us that instinct naturally. So we know how to care for. Even if you never had a doll, you still know how to care for. But with that, it takes away so many other things from the girl, whether you give the baby doll a kitchen and call her a chef. I just say it's a cook for your husband. So she grows up and she becomes that girl in high school that loves that little boy more than she loves herself. She's looking at the little boy across the room saying, oh, we will make pretty babies because he look good and I look good. See, the baby doll costs upwards of a quarter of a million dollars. 
So my thing is ask the boy for a quarter of a million dollars. Don't ask for the basic. Don't ask for the hand in marriage. Don't ask for, ask for the money. I'm telling you, they will run in the opposite direction because they want to make these babies seem like they're not real. But having one is very real. Teenage pregnancy is very real, you know, but it's all a part of that baby I love, which I can't stand. And then the other uh, is so many different key points in both of these books. Anything that's not valued is easily given away. You would not buy a brand new car and pay a car note and hand your sister or your brother the keys and say, you know what, you can have this car. You you wouldn't do that with your house if you own a house. You know, you wouldn't say, oh, you know what, I'm tired of owning this house. You can have it. So why are women, women doing it with their vaginas? Why are you just giving your vagina away like if it has no value whatsoever? Mm-hmm. You haven't put any value on it. Women aren't taught to look at their vagina, take pictures of their vagina. They're not taught to, virgins are not taught to masturbate. Women can have orgasms before losing their virginity, just like these young men. But I'll tell you something else that I talk about in the book that people don't really know a lot of times is that the uncircumcised penis, a lot of people frown on it. Oh, it's an ugly thing. It's an ugly duckling. It doesn't look good. Turkey neck, this, that, and the third. But the purpose mm-hmm. of the foreskin being attached to the head of the penis was God's way of giving men a way to lose their virginity because it hurts like hell when you try to pull that skin off of the head of the penis. But see, they do it now when they're kids, so they never have to go through that. Imagine taking every hymen out of a, a, a young girl, just cutting it out, but out a little tissue, so she never has to go through that pain. See, we're left with the mm-hmm. pain because that's what men want. And there's so many different mm-hmm. ways that men manipulate women in society. So if you don't value mm-hmm. your vagina, you've never seen it, you've never taken a picture of it, you know, you don't know what it smells like, you don't know what it tastes like, you know, you don't know nothing about it, and you know, you don't, but you're willing to mm-hmm. share it with somebody else who knows nothing about it. So this book, mm-hmm. these books are educational from a different standpoint, because once you know and love and understand yourself, you're not just going to give it away. That's why I don't know if you follow me on social, I'm always saying don't touch your purse. So <laughs> Wait. Gotta... Last year at the AAMBC Awards, I was moving this box, and this guy was like, um, no, I'll get it. I was like, no, no, I got it. She was like, he said he got it. If he say he got it, you put it down and let him take it to the car. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And that's true because we take so much off of the plate for men. That's why they they do a lot less, they meaning men, because women do so much more. I've heard women yeah, we say, oh, well, you know, it's okay that he has – he makes less money than me, so I should pick up the tab, or I should, no, let him take you where he can afford to take you, wherever that's at. And if that doesn't meet your standards, then you need to meet meet somebody else who can take you where you like to go. Because once you Mm -hmm. start all that compensation, you know, being good to a man won't make him do right by you. He'll still cheat. He'll still sleep with somebody else. If he's a user and a taker, he's going to go to the highest bidder. Talk about it. <laughs> Preach this. Speak on it's it. It's guys. It's just guys. Mm-hmm. And women, I just don't want women to continue with the same mindset. You know, mm-hmm. I have been in settings, even with guys sometimes, 
you know, a lot of times they'll say, pussy and dick roll off your mouth like it's nothing. I said, it's just a word. And if you can't call it what it is, oh, my gosh, what are you doing with it? You know, mm-hmm. if you can't take ownership of it, if you can't identify what you're dealing with, some people go, oh, well, I'd rather use vagina and penis. Use what you want. But some people can't even say vagina and penis comfortably, you know, mm-hmm. and some women right. aren't comfortable with their bodies. And, you know, they want to have sex with the lights off in, in the dark. What do you having sex in, in the dark for? No, especially if it's the first time. You need to see that ass. You need <laughs> everything out. Guys <laughs> feel so awkward with me sometimes. I know, I know. They just sitting there waiting for me to finish my inspection. <laughs> now let's talk about it. Never... It doesn't look right, huh? <laughs> if you could see the mold and mildew on the piece of fruit before you bite into it, would you still bite into it? Oh, absolutely that's not. Visual, I don't want that. Visual. Yeah, that's nasty. No, you I don't. Know, I don't want you that. You got those blueberries behind. No, we don't like that. You don't look in the blueberries. They got fuzz growing in them. It's like, oh no, you don't want to put that in your mouth. You gonna put that in? Your, you know, herpes is visual if they have a breakout. You know, some don't look right. Don't mess with it. If you got questions, ask your questions. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Now, let's talk about your Never Let a Man Come First movement. Okay. Because I'm going to call it a movement because you you do, um, you through your books, you educate. Um, but you are educating women about being women. So let's talk about the movement and what made you feel like you needed to start the Never Let a Man Come First? Okay, um, there's a couple of things with that. The dad book, that's the Dick for Dumb book. So that book came first. And I've been talking about that book for like three years and working on it. And I was like, you know what? I just have to do it because I write so much for the publisher. I was like, okay, I started on this book. I have to finish it. The Never Let a Man Come First is the clean version because I'm like, okay, the Dick for Dumb is cool for my girls, my girls who know me and my girls who know how I talk and y'all know I use profanity. But, honey, if you're mm-hmm. trying to get on a talk show to interview and, you know, the local news, like, you know, setting up some stuff with that, <laughs> they'll take the Never mm-hmm. Let a Man Come First. So that was the whole strategic thing, the universities, the colleges speaking, you know, public speaking. People are not offended by Never Let a Man Come First. But it's the same messages, really, just a different delivery. But even with that, I talk about the relationship ring. The relationship ring is so important in a relationship However, and a lot of people go, what's the relationship ring, honey, B? I never heard of it. Like, where did you get that from? Okay, here's why I, in my head, added that before the engagement ring is because we have a lot of women who are in relationships. They've been in relationships for 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 15, 20 years, and the mm-hmm. relationship is over and done, and the guy has never thought enough of them to even give them any kind of ring, no engagement ring, no wedding ring, no relationship ring, no nothing. By it's over. So mm-hmm. guys don't have to invest much. They're usually the beneficiaries. If you could remember that little saying, you know, friends with benefits, it's gone away. You know why it's gone away? Because men were the ones who were benefiting, not women. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We're friends with benefits. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean? Mm-hmm. We sex buddies, so the guy benefits. But it just gets to me that, and some women don't even 
feel like they're worthy. I'm not blaming them. It's that whole baby doll love syndrome that you're supposed to be the one caring and providing and nurturing and accepting of less. Men right. don't traditionally accept uh-huh. less. So that relationship ring, come with it. That's what I say. Come with it, you know, because this last guy, he was nice. He was a nice guy. But he was like, well, you know, I would like to date you. I said, okay, well, you know, my ring finger is seven and and three quarters. So, you know, I can go with an eight. You know, it'll work just fine. But that's my Mm -hmm. ring size. (laughs) And I saw (laughs) the pictures of the rings that I like, right? And so he's like, wow, well, we just met and blah, blah. I said, well, you're the one who mentioned, like, being in a relationship. I said, so mm-hmm. I don't take myself off the market unless you give me a ring. And he's like, well, we can't just date for six months and then figure it out if we like each other. I say, absolutely, we can date for six months. I say, but all you need to know is that I'm not going to be exclusive with you until you put a ring mm-hmm. on it. So then mm-hmm. why should a woman take her good vagina off the market? Mm-hmm. If a guy hasn't put anything in it, you have to show that you're serious. You have to show that you're willing to make the commitment. And no, you don't get the ring back if you decide that this isn't going to work. But I'm telling you one thing, he'll be more committed to you because he feels like he has an investment in you. Mm-hmm. But if he has to invest nothing, if he just comes to the table looking for what you have, oh, you're going to get mm-hmm. used. You, you better get game or get played. Because it's, it's going to be one or the other. And after he wipes his mouth, he's gone. He's gone on to the next. <laughs> Literally. Right. So never let a man come first. Does a man always need to have something to work for, something to work toward? You know, we have to give them a reason to keep chasing. You know, I have girlfriends, one in particular, every time her man calls, she answers the phone. I'm like, why are you always letting him come first? You will drop everything you have to do everything that he says, and he's still not happy with you, and he's still not pleased with you, and he still stays out till 3 o'clock and 4 o'clock in the morning every night, every morning. That's when he's coming in, right, before the sun comes up, and you're not saying anything about it. I'm like, girl, please, and I'm trying to get her to at least take every other call, every other other call, (laughs) I'll take Every day, I intentionally don't respond to a text message for at least two or three hours sometimes when I'm first getting to know a guy because you need to know I'm not going to respond to you every time you hit me up. But so many women do that. Their eyes light up. Oh, my God, he texted me. Oh, my God, this is so-and-so. I got to go. Oh, my goodness, he called. Oh, I'm sitting around the house all weekend because he mentioned on on Friday that we was going to do something this weekend, but he ain't say when, so I got to make myself available. No, girl, I can't hang out with you. I'm going to sit here. And that that Negro (laughs) will call you on Monday and say, hey, what you doing? (laughs) You just sat home all weekend. (laughs) Wasted your mm. good time. You could have been out with your girls and met somebody else, but you just sat around the mm-hmm. house waiting on him. And he called you on Monday like he ain't never asked to do nothing with you on, on Saturday or Sunday. Like he so, and he didn't enjoy huh. his weekend. Oh, and, and I bet you not. If he had nothing or no one else better to do, you might have gotten that call. Mm, but I right. he had something else to do. Because they it's tend just, to call uh-huh. uh, when they when they're not occupied with something else, or or you have those that call because they need you. Like you have some women that are the ones that they keep on deck. 
Like, I have to keep her on deck because I know that when I need something, when I want something, when something is wrong, then that's my go-to person because I know that things are going to get handled, it's going to get worked out, whatever the problem is, we're going to talk it out, and and that's my go-to person. But then I got all these other distractions running around here. That's somebody that don't know what they want to do with themselves. They're missing things from themselves, and they're trying to get it from other people, and it's not happening because you're missing you. And you're not taking time to figure out what you want, how, who you want to be, where you want to go in the process. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And so guys, do, guys don't even really give women closure for exactly uh, the reason that you're stating. You know, they know you're on deck. They know you're going to be there. And so – even if the relationship ends, they'll usually just do what I call fade to black. Like when you're at the movie theater and the screen just goes black and then all of a sudden it comes back, that's exactly what they do. But mm-hmm. men have told me, if you don't close the door, you never have to open it. Mm. It's just always open for you. You can always walk back through it. You know. So if a guy refuses to give closure and he refuses to close the door, you close the door. Because they can't stand rejection. I'm trying to tell you, they can't stand rejection. And the other thing I talk about in my book would never let a man come first. Because it is a movement. Like you said, women need to stay happy. Because a lot of times, I mean, we're having a serious conversation now. But I am the mm-hmm. jokester, honey. If I can't make you laugh, I will say some dumb shit, some funny shit, some crazy <laughs> shit, whether we in the bed, whether we out the bed. I am going to make him <laughs> laugh. If a guy doesn't laugh with me, like one of these guys that somebody introduced me to, he was too stiff mm-hmm. and too anal, but he had his own issues. So mm-hmm. he came from a very serious place. So even when I cracked a joke and he wouldn't laugh, I'd be like, damn, why is this a humor? You know, but I kind of understood because he is in the closet. Now, whether you want to say he's in the closet bisexual or in the closet gay yeah. or whatever, you know, because, mm-hmm. you know, it's okay if a guy likes anal penetration. That's what you like. So, you know, he's like, well, you know, you're going to strap on for me and blah. I say, sure, if that's what you like, I got you. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. and then he likes to wear the little cute skirts and stuff. Can I put my cute on while you, like, doing it from behind? And then I want you to call me a bitch. I was like, yeah, I got you. No problem. Mm-hmm. And I'm serious, though. I'm serious. I- this is not freaking me out. This is not really, you know, every woman can't do that, though, and it's not for every woman. Some women will stop talking to you, hang up the phone, and all that other stuff. But people with different sexual desires and lifestyles, they fascinate me. How can, how else can I learn firsthand about writing all this stuff if I'm not willing to have an open mind about it, right? Yeah. But right. he said something that were fairly like gross and stuff like that. I said, well, you're bisexual. He said, you think so? I said, no, I don't think so. I said, at a minimum, you're bisexual. I said, you definitely are. You know, well, I don't want to be with a man and, and just be with a man. Well, you might as well be from, from all the stuff that you said. You know, so guys, I say that to say, too, guys are confused. He felt comfortable enough telling me that. But if he was dating mm-hmm. someone else, he may never mention that if he sensed that you're not going to be comfortable with it. But a lot uh, of guys uh. are confused. Um, this one guy was just saying how, 
you know, a woman got to prove herself to me, you know, if she proved herself worthy. Well, you're 37, you've never been married, you're a struggling artist, you're still trying to be a rapper, and you're 37, and she got to prove herself to you. I'm confused. Hmm. She has hmm. nothing to prove to you, and you have nothing right. to offer. And so a guy like a guy who has nothing to offer will easily hop from woman to woman to woman until he hops on that woman that's the meal ticket. Mm-hmm. I've seen that's it. That's so true. I've seen it, you know. I've seen the woman who's the nurse who has, is she 37 and her husband 47. He married that young girl, A, because he could manipulate her. And he married her uh-huh. because she had a steady job. And he married her because she had, she has money. But he doesn't even get up and go to work. He on this, I'm trying to put together um, situations in Hollywood, in, in Atlanta, in film deals. He ain't got nothing. He, he brings no money to the table, none. None. You could have tripped wow. and fell on your last job, so you could have got a disability check. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't bringing shit to the table, but you're using mm-hmm. her and then controlling her and then making her feel like she should be the one who's grateful to have him when it's the other way around. Women have mm-hmm. got to stop letting men come first. And a lot of them are horrible and bad. Don't even get me to the sex. The real sex of it all. They, they, uh, they, okay, they so, so I got a question, even... though. I got a yes. question before we bring Dr. Deborah in because you have those relationships. One, you have those safe relationships that people go into. So, one, I want you to speak on safe relationships. But, two, you have so many relationships where it's a great relationship, everything works, but the sex doesn't work. You see what I'm saying? There are a lot of relationships right. that people go through like that. So I want you but to speak on both of those yet, different scenarios. I'm just going to say I have yet, and I have met several, I have yet to meet a person who is sexually dissatisfied in their relationship that is 100% satisfied with their relationship. Because in, even mm. on the women, uh, from the women, and, and I won't say her name because y'all probably know her, but anyway... Um, she stayed faithful to her husband now. She didn't step out and cheat, but she was like, Mary, I never get an orgasm. Mary, I've tried everything. I've dressed up like this. I've dressed up like that. I put on the lingerie. I do this. I do that. I've danced. I've done this. I've tried to go to counseling with him. I've tried doing massages together with him. I've tried. She tried everything, and he was 100% satisfied with her sexually because she was doing all these things, but she was so unhappy but she said he's my best friend and we're so close now she is so damn happy she's smiling every time she got a divorce she found her another husband she's married (laughs) and every time you see her she's smiling before it wasn't like that so I don't think you could be in in a relationship where either person is sexually unsatisfied and, and be happy because it's always going to be something missing. Sex is important. Unless both people don't like sex, then that's different. But if it's one-sided, mm-mm, it's not going to work. We need to have an open relationship or something. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That's a whole nother yeah. show. Look, that's a whole nother show. That's a whole nother show. But let's talk about these these safe relationships because men and women alike will flop to a safe relationship before they flock to a relationship that is uh, emotional? 
Okay, so so you and I are on the same page. When you say a safe relationship, what does that entail for you? So I can respond to it to accordingly. Me, I don't want to. When I say a mm-hmm. safe relationship, it's it's really a relationship with, I would say, there's no emotional connection. I would say a person goes into a safe relationship when they don't want to be hurt anymore or when they don't want to, because dealing in a relationship with emotions, it's always up and down because your your emotions are up and down. And so it tends to be more of a, a lot of work. People tend to go to a safe relationship where, you know, everything is good, might not be perfect, but I don't have to deal with this. I don't have to deal with that. I don't have to ask for this. You know, he does this. He, you know, it's it's uniform. That makes sense. It makes sense, but it just seems like it's more of an arrangement to me. It's an arrangement. We have an understanding. If I have no emotions, it's just got to be an arrangement. You pay this bill, I pay that bill, or you pay everything. <laughs> I cook or whatever. I don't cook, so I don't know what, you know. But anyway, <laughs> I don't. I do not, you know, I think that here's the thing. You have to know yourself, and I talk about that, never let a man come first. You have to ask yourself the question, who am I? And then you have to know what do you want. But before you know what you want, you have to understand who you are. Because a lot of people are trying to become that which other people think they should be. You know, they're trying to impress Uh the other person, especially women dealing with men. You know, they're, they're very accommodating. So if you have that safe relationship where it's no emotions and sex is good and bills are paid and this is our understanding, I don't understand what's the fear of crossing over into love and trust in a relationship like that only to say you're afraid that your heart is going to be broken. Okay. But grown folks are grown folks. If that's the relationship that they want, I think that's fine. But I do think a lot of women get hurt in relationships because of the baby doll love. You go in with that fantasy Uh love. I just want somebody to love me. I want a husband. When somebody tell me they want a husband, I'm like, what does that entail? Even when a guy say, well, I want you to be my wife, I'm like, what does that entail? You know, it's like, because if you're just looking for somebody to cook and clean and suck your dick, you could get that anywhere. <laughs> you, could, you could pay somebody Uh-oh. to come in and do all three of them things. <laughs> and that's all he wants, you know, because guys act like, oh, they the prize and you know, you should be honored. Like, what about uh, Lisa, say this doctor guy, a lawyer guy asked her, you know, told her, you, you know, you should become Mrs. So-and-so. And I say, you ask him, what does that entail? You know, because a lot of these doctors, lawyers, politicians are out there and they child molesters and they sexually assaulting women. And you can't have that many women in the media that's been sexually assaulted. And I talk about it in my book, both of them. You can't have that many out there and the man you land with, hasn't done anything. You know, it's like a lot of these women are laying with rapists and sexual molesters and all this other stuff and men who are sleeping with men. We're sleeping with strangers. Don't even know it. You know, it's just going uh. so deep with relationships. I feel like being in love is the best place to be if you can get there. I feel like it's a really good place in your heart, in your existence, in your happiness if you can get there. But a lot of times women are happy, and then you get with the guy, you know, like you guys have this show, and y'all laughing and joking and chuckling and this, that, and the other, and, you know, people out there on the social pages, and then you meet a guy. And then slowly but surely, 
He trying to take that away. He trying to chip away at it. Next thing you know, you're miserable and unhappy, and you can't even really understand why, because he's taking it away. He's happy when you're not happy. And when you get happy again, he's mm. unhappy, because then his job becomes to make you unhappy again. Mm-hmm. I'm co-signing with that. love happy women, but then they, they suck. A man who's not content or happy with himself, he's going to suck the life out of you. He has to. Mm. Mm. That's powerful. I think Honey, that, this is you know, when that, you have, go ahead, T. No, I was going to ask, because she touched on the meet, the, the hashtag Me Too movement. Um, do you, what is your take on so many women that's coming out? And as a result of so many women coming out, you start to question, like, why has it gone so long, so many years since they came out? Is it all about the mindset? What is your take on, on the, the many years that it's taken these women to come out with this movement? Well, I think that, first of all, I think the timing is great. I'm glad that it's finally mm-hmm. coming out. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I hashtag the hashtag me too because I've been through it. In book number four, mm-hmm. which is somebody's got to be on top. So I've been, I'm on book number 26 right now in terms of writing. So tell you how many books ago. That was, I even talked about the fact that I was molested when I was seven years old by my 92-year-old grandfather. He was 92, mm-hmm. and I was seven. And so mm-hmm. while I didn't lose my virginity, I knew what an uncircumcised penis looked like, tastes like, and feel like rubbing it up against my vagina. You know, mm-hmm. and it smelled horrible and a little crust underneath the head. See, these are things that stay in people's mind a lot of times. And See, you going to mess around and folks seven. ain't never going to get here for the rest of their life. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not That's saying that because I do the headmaster class. Hey. See, I wasn't tainted <laughs> by that. <laughs> I, I still, I still. You have just gave the wrong no. visual. You have just gave the wrong visual. Somebody in your head. Don't give up on it. Don't give up on it. Don't give up. I'll just say, at seven years old, I should have known none of that. You know what I'm saying? So then fast forward, I'm 16, and I'm raped again. I'm raped on the the streets of my hometown, New Orleans. And, you know, the guy drags me to the empty car lot, and and it's late at night. And we're outside. We're hidden behind cars. So people passing by on the street really can't really see because we're kind of in the corner or whatever. That was a horrible experience. And then again, at um, 18, being raped by a police officer who says, what are you going to do, call the police? You know, so, I mean, Mm. sometimes you just feel like you're in a situation where, you know, the first time I was seven, what was I supposed to do? The second time I was 16, and that situation turned into um, a couple of my friends. I heard voices that were familiar because this guy didn't know I was in a neighborhood that I was familiar with. And when I started screaming, when I heard, you know, um, a couple of guys that I knew, um, they chased him and beat him up and all this stuff, but he, they let him go. They didn't chase him and hold him for the police and all this other stuff. So then he gets away, you know, and then the police officer, so what am I supposed to do? Go to the police department and say, okay, this police officer raped me. Sometimes women just feel like in certain situations, if you feel like nobody's really going to believe you, you kind of just move on with your life. 
in that mm-hmm. regard. Mm-hmm. You don't. Okay. So I totally get it. I, I totally get it, you know, mm-hmm. and men don't get it. And I get the side of men that don't get it because they don't think they did anything wrong. The police officer guy, he didn't run into me because I would have said something if I had ran into him years later, but he ran into my family, my sisters, and my sisters know I mean, so, oh, yeah, Mary's right, but now she's doing good. I'm so proud of her, blah, 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 blah. Oh, but you forgot that incident. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. in his mind, he still did nothing wrong. So I wish society mm-hmm. would stop, like, looking at the women saying, why did you wait 20 years or why did you wait 40 years? What I am happy about is that dicks are rolling, honey. They're just rolling off the assembly line. They're getting fired. <laughs> Has a smiley as the latest. He's on the, his his head is his head is on the top and black now. It's like yes, let these heads roll. I have no sympathy for any of them. I just wish Bill Cosby would circle back around and get his just due. But I understand why women don't say anything because you don't believe people are going to believe you. And then if you've ever um been involved or close to a situation where a woman actually tries to pursue it. You know how many rape kits are just sitting there that they haven't been tested that the police department has that's just there mm-hmm. in some vault mm-hmm. somewhere. You know, then they try um, to make it seem uh, like you were the problem. You know, oh mm-hmm. her dress was too short. Oh her skirt was this. Uh, that's never a justifiable reason, but the victim ends up being treated so horribly. That a lot of times it's almost like she's been raped twice mm-hmm. because, you know, with the incident and then the emotional part of it where people don't believe you, you know, right. it's just horrible. And in, in college, freshman girls on college campuses get raped more than any other classification at college because what happens is the seniors on their way out, the freshmen on their way in. The parents are thinking, oh, I'm sending my kid off to college. You're all excited, blah, blah, blah. But if you don't give her that talking to Mace, honey, she might be the next one because they're they're waiting. The seniors have ran through everything uh-huh. on campus. Now they try to figure out who else is coming in while they're going out. Hmm. And these girls wow. not even paying attention to it. They're just going for an education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so wow. it gets real deep and, and complicated in terms of how men think. That's why I talk about it and never let a man come first and the dicks are dumb. I'm not trying to change men. I'm not even trying to change the mindset of a man. But what I am trying mm-hmm. to do is educate women, be more confident, be more aware, ask for what you want, value your vagina, stop just giving it away just because. I'm not saying don't have sex. My sex is good. You just have to know why you have sex. <laughs> And who you But you know, you always say that women need to start taking emotion out of sex. Yeah, Can you speak on that a little bit? Well, the thing with not being emotional with the whole sex act of it, you have to understand the person that you're dealing with because a lot of women do fall for the sexual aspect of it. And if you're not mentally prepared to receive whatever it is you are receiving, meaning as a woman, so you decide, okay, you met this guy, this guy is nice. Once you start having sex with the guy, a lot of times women can't think straight. Sometimes once a woman Uh has sex with a guy, 
she think that that's her man, you know? And mm-hmm. in his mind, it was just sex. And to her, mm-hmm. she's on to the next level, you know? It's like I've had the friend where she meet the guy one night. We were out together, and she met this guy, I'll say, on a Saturday, Sunday. You know, she let him come by. She cooked for him. He get all the goodies. She's dessert. Everything is good. They have sex. You never hear from him again. And she's distraught. Uh-huh. I say, well, what the, what'd you do all that for? He, <laughs> he ate your food and he ate your dessert. <laughs> I say, girl, you play too much doing all that. You could at least let him take you to dinner. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. You fed him too? It's like, oh, uh-uh. But, yeah, women... <laughs> Sex drives women crazy sometimes, even if it's bad sex, and that's the sad part. Even if it's bad mm. sex, you know, oh, well, I could work with him. Oh, it wasn't that bad. Please. Uh, mm. If the sex is wow. not good, I am going to say something. That's me, though. Mm. Usually I'll give him three chances, but this last guy got one chance. I was one and done. He said, I don't even get another chance. I said, mm-mm, because some things can't be taught. I said, you watch too much porn. <laughs> You know, you know how guys. Is there, is there a thing is watching too much of that, honeybee? Well, I think when you think you're the character, I think when you're trying to emulate what the guy is doing to the woman, you know, because a lot mm-hmm. of times guys are very aggressive in these, especially the low budget porn. You know, it's no right. intimacy in it whatsoever. It's just bam, 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 bam. You know, fucking her like she's not even a person. Mm. Even the oral sex, mm. doing it like she's not even a person and she's trying to do the most and take it all in. And do, if you try to do that, if you trying mm-hmm. to do that in real life, you got to find that girl that don't mind having that done. Because for what I know, that's not the average woman. Mm-hmm. Even though some women are in those situations. But when you get into that situation, you either have to tell him first off. You got to tell them out the gate to switch Mm -hmm. it up. This is not working for me. Or you're going to be like, yet again, another person that I know who's been married for 25 plus years and her husband still fucks like a porn star. And she hates it. Mm -hmm. She absolutely Mm -hmm. hates it. And because she's so close to me, I had a conversation with him. I said, I heard you need some some, uh, talking to <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, ain't no wrong with me. I just, I say no, no, no. I say I'm gonna tell you, cause, cause yes, I'm gonna tell you, cause they know, you know, this is what I do. I, I told them what to do. Now, see, a lot of times when a guy learns something new, he'll try it mm-hmm. on the mystery before he tries it on Ooh. the wife, oh. because he doesn't want to be a failure with the wife, but he want to really try this to see if it works. Interesting. And this person did have a mistress because, you know, his wife told me, yeah, he was, he's been seeing other people and that kind of made her upset too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Wow. People, now, honey, just, uh-huh. I have a question. This is Tony. You know, I, I, I want to ask you, do you feel that social media plays or what role does social media play in the mindset of how women value themselves? That's an excellent question. I think mm-hmm. that 
If you don't know, going back to the book, going back to the question when you have to ask yourself, who am I? If you don't know who you are, if you don't know what you want, you will easily be influenced by what you think society Mm. embraces. So if you Mm. think that you're supposed to be that girl that accommodates a guy or is catering to a guy or that's even fighting another girl over a guy, because we see that on social media as well, that's just because Mm -hmm. I would imagine you don't know yourself. So you're trying to impress someone else. And a lot Mm -hmm. of women take to social media. And only if you really get caught up in following somebody who really don't really have an agenda at all, but it just kind of looks good, you know, or it looks good, so I'm going to do that. So my message is when I put out messages on social when people follow, I'm hard on guys because I'm really all about my girls. I mm-hmm. care more about how the woman feels at the end of the day, if she's going to see me on social media. Some of them come back and say, honey, but you curse too much, or, you know, you always putting men down. And my favorite one for guys is when they put on my social page, you need a man. <laughs> so my response to them is that, you need a man too, because you can't understand. <laughs> you can't understand well. the depth of where I come from unless you done dealt with a man. So you know what I'm saying, and I'm serious about that. Yeah, you need a man too, because all y'all think y'all good and you're not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. I know some Uh-oh. very nice guys. Yeah, some very nice guys that's out there. So that social media can get a lot of people caught up. But you also can't really take stuff too personally on Mm -hmm. social. So when people, you know, try to come for me because of something I said, because they disagree with it, because of however they feel about it, they have a right to do that. And I'm okay with that. Just don't come for the message. Don't come for me. Mm -hmm. Because if you come for me, I don't care if you're male or female, I'm going to come back on social for you. Mm -hmm. I'm coming right back to you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But yeah. social media is a big influence for a lot of people, and it's dangerous for a lot of our young girls who are um, easily influenced. Again, the ones with the baby doll love, the ones who are looking for someone to love them. And a lot mm-hmm. of times parents want to feel like, but I love my child. It's not the same level of love that you've given to her at two years old as you gave her a baby doll. That's different. That's hers. Mm-hmm. You know, that's her obligation to love. You know, so even though parents do love and care for their kids, you wonder why, oh, I told her to stop seeing that little boy and she just won't do it. Mm -hmm. You probably should have given her a cash register, some money, some stock, some Legos. I mean, build something, draw something, (laughs) find out what she (laughs) likes to do. And even if she loves to cook, Put her in the kitchen with you. Don't go buy her a little oven off of this make-believe thing of what, and get her a doll in this dollhouse, and now she got the kitchen for the dollhouse. Don't get her all that, you know? Right. Let right. her build a little business. Bake some cookies and go to school and sell them. <laughs> like, come back with some toys. Flowing. <laughs> toys, toys yeah. boys, twice. Twice as much. <laughs> Absolutely. You're listening to Let's Chat. My name is Tony. And as y'all can hear, we have the 
fabulous Honeybee Morrison. If you'd like to ask her any questions, just press your one. And we'll bring you into the chat room. But she has been dropping some jewels this evening, some major jewels, jewels that we all need to hear, both men and women. So we hope you guys have been taking notes because uh, I got three or four pages over here of notes, Honeybee, because it's always a teaching moment when you Absolutely. come into the chat room, girl. <laughs> Absolutely. And Dr. Thank Deb, you. if you, Deborah, if you are in the queue, press your one so we'll know uh, that you are in. Mm-hmm. Continue. We get screwed <laughs> over here. I'm, I got my paper and pencil. Normally, you see the only one that take notes, so I'm taking notes today. Mm-hmm. I'm ready. What else we got? <laughs> Is Dr. Uh, Deborah there? No, she didn't press on one yet. But um, what okay. has been the the most the craziest thing that has happened to you when you have been, you know, had people around you and you've had given that one on one or even just given a commentary to a group of people? What has been the craziest thing that you have encountered with both men and women? That's an interesting question because for some reason or another, people don't act too crazy around me. <laughs> they really don't in terms really? of the response. I mean, usually it's just fans that's happy to see me or, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes like in back in the day when we used to do book signings and all that. I still do signings, but not like we used to when we toured and all of that. You know, guys would get on their knees and, and, and kneel by me and talk to me. I mean, that was just interesting. I wouldn't really call it crazy. You know, I don't have any, like, super crazy, crazy things that mm-hmm. typically happen. You know, sometimes people hang around, they lurk around. One guy was lurking around at a signing that I had recently uh, about two weeks ago, and he, he kind of, like, was going back and forth, but everybody was keeping their eyes on him because even after the signing was over, he was still, like, in the area walking back and forth, and... um they were like, well, we're not letting you go to your car by yourself because we don't really understand, like, why he won't leave, you know. He just kept walking by the mm-hmm. window where he could see that I was still in there talking, you know, to the librarians. But other than that, I really haven't had any really crazy – I honestly have not had crazy things happen. People get excited, mm-hmm. but, you know, mm-hmm. and they'll scream and go, oh, my God, it's you, you know. So, <laughs> yeah, that's kind of interesting. <laughs> But but nice nonetheless, you know. Right. Yeah. Part of what you do. So I have a question <laughs> for is. you because we always, uh, T always loves to ask fun questions in the chat room. And I have this question that I normally ask it one way, but I'm going to ask it this way. So I'm going to ask if your pen was a drug, what kind of drug would it be? That's a inter- That's really, like, really interesting. My pen if it was a drug, what kind of drug would it be? Okay, a couple of things. I'm not obviously heavily into, into to the whole drug of knowing um, all of that, but probably not a good question for me. If it was a drug, what kind of <laughs> drug would it be? Hmm. Okay, if you were a they drug, probably what kind of drug would you be? Of... <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Well, if you're going to go to the drug in that sense, okay, I'm going to say maybe 
maybe cocaine, that I've never done cocaine per se, but the one thing I do know about cocaine and, and, and just years ago, if a person really does put cocaine on the tip of their tongue and they perform oral, whether you're doing it on a guy or whether the guy is doing it to you, it's like it's this never-ending climax. So the cocaine drug used in an oral sense is a never-ending climax. Like you just keep climaxing and climaxing. As long as you have contact, you keep climaxing and climaxing. It's just so unreal. It's like you just can't stop. So I guess that could be addictive if you do it all the time, uh, but quite the experience. So, And I do like to say I'm an experience, so, you know. <laughs> I don't want to just be a date and all this other stuff, you know. Sex with me is an experience, and I have tons of stuff and tons of toys. I don't have drugs, but I got tons of stuff. And um, I just like the excitement of it all because guys aren't ready for it a lot of times. You know, some of them are, and some of them aren't. And some of my male friends, I've had to teach some things, you know, because, you know, guys will show you their toy box if they have one. And I go, okay, well, you, I see the dildo in a toy box, and you got this and you got that. I say, you use this dildo on every woman? He was like, yeah. Mm-hmm. I said, you know what? Um, no. When, for each woman, if you're going to have toys, she needs to see it come out the box. She needs to know that it's new, and she needs to know that you only use it on her. She doesn't want you with your box of toys thinking you freaky. And you done pulled out a dildo you done used on every other woman that's been that allowed you to, but they do mm-hmm. stuff like that. So you got to watch them. All my stuff is hey. new. So if I use it on you, you could pretty much take it home. <laughs> Taking this toy to all the playgrounds, playing with it, playing with everybody with right. that same toy. Right, right, everybody. Everybody. And if I really like you. Community. That's a community. Yeah. <laughs> if I really like you, I'll put three toys on the headboard, and you can oh. choose one. But out of All the right toy now. box, you just tell guys you can choose one or two toys. You can just see them going through them toys, frowning with this one. So <laughs> <laughs> you got to choose wisely now. That's it. Like, send the kids mm. to the toy store, you get one toy. They're going to be thinking hard about that. <laughs> like, hmm. That's whole See, that's a whole nother show. We need to be. Mm. <laughs> that is a whole nother show. <laughs> we gonna bring we gonna bring her back in February. We gonna bring her back in February. We gonna have a we gonna have yeah. a Valentine's Day uh, show. We gonna talk. We gonna talk about Ooh. it. We gonna talk about it. I think that's gonna be an exciting show. She gonna school us. We gonna do a little head doctor uh, moment <laughs> and and you know all of that. She gonna school us. So we gonna have an educational moment in February. Uh, close. Close around Valentine's Day, and uh, Miss Honey be gonna school us. So make sure y'all bring y'all papers and y'all pencils now. Absolutely, Absolutely. Honey Bee, We so enjoy having you in the chat room. It's always a pleasure when you join Lisa and I. But just fun question as you leave the chat room, and don't leave without sharing your social media and all everywhere they can find your book. But if you were a piece of candy that you can have for the rest Whoop. of your life. What would it be and why? That was a piece of candy that I could have for the. I like Jolly Ranchers. Oh, 
I like Jolly Ranchers yeah. because That's it's amazing. hard, it's sweet, it's tart. You know, black folks, watermelon. <laughs> <laughs> that watermelon is my favorite, favorite, yes. favorite, you know. But it's hard, it's sweet, it's a little bit sour. It has, like, everything, and you have to, like, eat it very slowly. Yeah, you ever try just chewing on it? it? It doesn't, yeah, it doesn't work just trying to chew on a Jolly Rancher. Mm-hmm. You have to, yeah, it suck it slowly. <laughs> yeah. So that oh, would be my wow, choice. I but I am that. on social at um, The Real Mary B on Facebook, Mary Honeybeon is on Instagram, because I know a lot of people on Instagram, the Real Mary B um, mm-hmm. Snapchat, and I should say the Real Mary B Facebook, yeah. So I'm all over. MaryMorrison.com is my website. You can get all of the other social links from my website as well if you want to follow me or sign up for my newsletter. Absolutely. And where can I find your book? Where can I purchase them? The best place to get my books are on Amazon.com, or you can go directly mm-hmm. to my website. If you want your book signed by me, go to MaryMorrison.com and buy it there, because when I ship it to you, I will sign it. Otherwise, you awesome. can go to Amazon for all of my books, Amazon.com, and it's under Mary B. Morrison, and I also write it's Honeybee, so if you like a little extra, extra. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's yeah. worth it. I have our honeybee books and get them in your library, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a little extra, extra, a little extra something on the side. Ain't no wrong with it. Ain't no wrong with it at all. Yeah, and I have toys. I have adult toys on my site as well. So, I mean, you can purchase those. Some people should purchase them from there. But the good thing about my adult, my adult toys on my site at MaryMorrison.com, everything is under twenty dollars. So oh. the company that I purchased from, I don't mark up my products that much. Like these toys, you would have to pay mm. like forty, fifty dollars if you went to the toy mm-hmm. store. But a lot of times on my site, everything on my site is twenty dollars or less. All right, now Merry Christmas. I keep it that way. <laughs> Happy holidays. Mm. <laughs> Absolutely, awesome. we appreciate you for for coming to take time out and kick it with us in the chat room, and we will see you in February. Okay. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your evening, and Merry Christmas to you. You too. Merry Christmas to you too. Okay, thank you. Yes, definitely. That was a great, great, great show. I love when we have guests like Miss Honey be up in here to turn it up a little bit. You know, we like to be conservative a lot here in the chat room, you know, but sometimes you got to think outside of the box and step outside the box a little bit. There's nothing wrong with being conservative. I'm conservative, Alicia, all day, every day. But sometimes, you know, I step outside the box a little bit. Ain't nothing wrong with it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, we appreciate you guys. (laughs) Ain't nothing wrong with it. I step outside the box a little bit, a little bit here and there. (laughs) We appreciate you guys coming to kick it with us in the chat room. If you want to be a guest, just send your request to the chat radio show at gmail.com. If you're just tuning in, make sure you hit our archives up here on blogtalk.com or on iTunes. We appreciate you guys. We will see you guys tomorrow night. We will be taking uh, talking that talk. 
tomorrow about bold moves in the dark, and we will have the fabulous Omar Tyree in the building. Awesome. Everyone enjoy the rest of your evening, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Good night, everybody. Good night.